Every week, I will have a different guest from a different part of the beer world. Brewers, importers, bartenders, educators, writers, to help us explore this fascinating world. So whether you're new to beer or a seasoned professional, we will have something for you. So I'm joined on this Tuesday morning, a little different than our regular Monday morning, uh, by Bill Debon, uh, co-editor of DCBeer.com. Aaron Morrissey, a returning champion uh, from a previous episode of this show, also a contributor to dcbeer.com, and Matthew Hef Hefferman. Uh, he is the craft beer specialist for Buck uh, Distributors, but uh, more importantly for today's episode, he is the founder of Hops. This is helping oppressed peoples survive. So the reason why that I gathered all these wonderful people here today is this past weekend, uh, they coordinated a massive uh, citywide event uh, called DC Brews Fights Back. And this was to support Families Belong Together, uh, the battle against bad migration policy and the devastating effects it has and already, uh, already has on thousands of separated families. Uh, it was called One Dollar, One Call, One Purpose. This was on the 30th, on uh, Saturday, but there, I think there were other smattering events kind of around uh, that time. Uh, you had so many amazing participants. You had pretty much every single neighborhood restaurant group property, 19 in total. Pizza Paradiso, every single one of their properties participated. Right Proper Brewing Company, Atlas Brewworks, DC Brow, Denizens. Uh, so just a really admirable and exciting thing so let's uh let's talk a little bit about it yeah well uh bill got the ball rolling he um has the bulk of the juice in this equation in terms of uh being the editor of dcbeer.com and Mm -hmm. what that commands and and i had a little bit uh on the background side in terms of how to do the um execution at retail Uh, i come from a hospitality background as well and uh, we had done uh, this is now our fourth um, charity event for hops and uh, so basically everyone knew we wanted to do something mm-hmm. the energy was out there uh, Bill said you know will you get in on this with me and I said sure we started a, a you know a, a large email group with basically anyone who had what was it Anyone who had ever submitted an event on, on the DC Beer event calendar? Yeah, pretty much. I was just mashing together all the email lists that I have and went back through three years of event submissions and said, hey, if, if you've ever reached out to us now, it's coming back the other way to, toward you. So what was the general, what was the, what was the idea? What, what did you want to do and, and what, when you reached out to these uh, different 
uh, brewers and different venues. What did you want them to do? Yeah, I mean, this, this really started with me feeling like my guts were getting ripped out every night watching the news mm-hmm. um, to, to watch. I have a one-year-old son. Yeah. And to watch the news every night and to see these images of and, and hear the voices of these children separated from their families was really, really tough for me to do every day. Mm-hmm. And finally, I, I got to the point where I was like, I have this platform and we have to try to do something, right? And so literally we sent out the email and it was like, we don't know what this looks like yet, but if you want to be part of whatever this winds up becoming, mm-hmm. you know, please like let us know. Um, Hef came in with the $1, one call, one purpose, and it, it kind of snowballed from there, which, is, which was awesome. And, you know, at the outside of this, my feeling was, and, and still very much is, you know, every little bit helps. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe we'd get four or five spots to, you know, kick in a dollar for every beer sold. When we have 40 plus locations doing this on one day, I mean, just completely blown away by it, which was, which was awesome. I mean, I, I knew that our beer scene can come together for um, really great causes. We've seen it happen before. We've mm-hmm. seen it come together for non-charitable causes. DC Beer Week every year is a great time. But um, this, I think, was a really great proof of concept that we can all rally around the cause and, and really make a big difference. So to kind of like break down what it was exactly. So $1 represents, so like let's say sure. you bought a beer. Sure, sure. Let's say you bought a beer at Church Key. For every bottle of beer bought, they were going to donate a dollar to... Yeah. So the way the model worked was, if you wanted to you wanted to opt into participating in this, mm-hmm. you just had to designate something on your menu where at least $1 from every sale would go towards some kind of um, immigration-related cause, right? Okay. And so we left this quite um, open to to the venues and you could see that we had some venues who who donated a, a dollar for every bottle of beer sold some mm-hmm. specified specific drafts sometimes when it was food uh, you know it, it was you know for every you know pretzel we sell it's going to be a dollar whatever it is and then we also left it open so you know here's a here's a, a bevy of causes that we think are doing great work in this space mm-hmm. just let us know what your total is that you're donating and, and where it's going you know, we didn't want to railroad people into a, into a specific kind of target for, for their donations. We just wanted to kind of steer them in, in, in a general direction. Yeah, and I, I, I think the great part about it, honestly, is that, excuse me, there was, you know, it doesn't take a whole lot. Um, I think one of the genius parts about this, aside from the great community aspect, is that the ask wasn't, you know, out of the ordinary. It was, this is a thing that you're doing. You know, anyway, you're going to have a good crowd on Saturday. You're going to have people come in. It's hot here in D.C. It's, like, oppressively hot. Uh, and you're going to have people come in and drink beer. Uh, and so, you know, maybe you can, you know, lend a hand doing something that isn't going to be something that's out of the ordinary for you, right? This isn't, you know, a, you know, in a beer event, you know, it's like, you know, there's a lot. And Hef can speak to this being from the hospitality side. And so can Bill as he's put on events you know, it takes a lot to do that. And so the, the idea here was just kind of, hey, this is something that you're going to do already and it's something that can make a difference. And I think that went a long way in really enabling people to say, yeah, this is, this is something that we're going to do and that we feel passionate about too. So great, like let's, let's do it. Um, so I think that went a really long way for, for us to kind of get that huge number of participants, which is great. And for those of you just tuning in, uh, I'm speaking with Bill Debon and Aaron Morrissey from DC Beer uh, and Hef. 
who's the founder of Hops, Helping Oppressed People Survive. And we're talking about the DC Bruce Fights Back uh, initiative that was just this past weekend. So you had, you said you had about 40 different bars and breweries in the DC area participate, 40, 43. Yeah, we had, we had somewhere between 40 and 45. I, I, we added a couple um, actually on Friday afternoon. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Maryland, DC, and Virginia were all represented, which I thought, thought was also really important. You yes. know, we had location, like Rocket Frog is out near Sterling. And so you didn't have to come into DC proper if you wanted to support this cause. You could, you know, we had jailbreak up in Laurel, right? So there was a good geographic spread for where our readership is that if, if this resonated with you, you could totally get on board. So do you guys have like a, a rough total of what was raised? So we're collecting the donation amounts now. We've gotten five or six uh, venues who've reported back to us. We're already over $1,000 to various causes, which is really great. Yeah. Um, I don't know exactly where that will shake out, but um, I expect it to climb this week, and I'm hoping to be able to report some kind of aggregate total on, on DC Beer by Thursday. Nice. So that was the $1 part. What was the one call portion of it? So one call was a call to action in terms of actually getting in touch with your legislator. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we felt it was important to have a political component. Um, I myself am uh, uh, a Maryland resident, and so I'm completely represented by Democrats, which would sort of otherwise, you know, lead you to believe that you're okay, you're covered, your guys are going are gonna to be on the right side of this issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as we've seen so far, there's been very little action. And part of the reason there hasn't been too much action is because uh, the political will isn't there to push on an issue which is a loser for the other side. Um, so when I made my calls, I, I basically said, you know, I'm a constituent of yours, I'm a Democrat, and mm-hmm. I'm demanding that you take positive action to move this issue forward. Wow. And what was the response that you got? Well, they were going to voicemail because it was Saturday. Yeah, okay. But, uh, you know, we, and, and we, we actually got some people in the email chain saying, why are we calling legislators on Saturday? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I don't call my legislator every day. Uh, that's kind of a, um, a, a nerve-wracking thing in my mind, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to, to, to really... Um, try and speak to the halls of power in that way. It's a low barrier to entry when you know that no one's going to pick up, right? right? It's like it's yeah. like when you try to call your parents and you know they're not home, that's the best time to call them, you know? Like, well, I called and I left a message, so I don't... Yeah. Sorry, mom and dad. I was surprised by how nervous I was knowing I was going to get a voicemail. And, and you know, I was tempted to try and be funny about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we talked in, in, the, in, the, uh, in the group conversation about attempting to be funny about it and, you know, and, and you know, maybe calling McConnell and asking him if his uh, refrigerator is running on the voicemail. <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, it's a serious issue. And it's like Bill said, it, if you're a parent especially, but anyone with a conscience, I think, is really suffering through this. And... You know, I didn't. I didn't want to make light of it. I wanted to. I wanted to um, use as as strong and forceful language as I could as a constituent to um, to urge action. You know, I think the other thing too is having lived in D.C. for a long time. Uh, you know, we kind of have this sense of, well, we're not represented, so you know, what can we do? Really, you know, you can obviously call Eleanor Holmes Norton, and you're great. But I think that there's a lot of things that folks can do uh, and voices are voices right Uh, and you may not be a direct constituent you know if you don't live in Maryland or Virginia but it's you know we're all you know people here and um, it's important to have that voice so I think from a DC perspective you know there's that educational component as well to say 
uh, hey, you know, you've had a couple beers. Just so you know, you can also call people uh, that aren't, you know, you know, that you may you may be feeling like you're kind of unrepresented, which we are, but you can also lend your voice to, to others and, and help in that way as well. So I think that was really valuable. Can I just can I just jump in real quick? Yeah. So one thing that in case any of your listeners for your beer podcast are mm-hmm. getting queasy right now about all the, the politics talk here. Well see, this right? is the thing I was gonna bring this up. Okay. And you put a disclaimer at the end of the event uh, announcement basically saying, should politics be in beer? And, well, and, and yeah, you yeah, basically yeah. said, yes. I mean, politics is in your beer, right? To deny mm-hmm. otherwise is kind of naive. Mm-hmm. But um, the, the thing about this is that the, the family separation immigration policy is an inherently political question. Mm-hmm. I think we made a really good faith effort to be apartisan in this. I mean, it's, it's very you can't be apolitical and talk about a political issue. But we, in no materials that we mention either party, we didn't mention the administration. Mm-hmm. Um, there are there are clear arguments in this country right now about macro level, top line pieces about immigration policy. But for me, at least, and I'm, I'm going to guess for these two, the at the end of the day, the end result here on a, on the micro level is that families are being separated; that mm-hmm. there are children who aren't with their parents. It shouldn't be partisan, right? I, right? I mean, right? Like, yeah, and we we did get you know sort of a little bit of a pushback you know about alienating uh, uh, potentially alienating customers and and our response was like you know if they view it as partisan that's their partisanship that they're bringing to the table because from our point of view uh, the it, it's like Bill said at a, at a micro level um, it's not something that should be political it should it and should be universal who did you because here's the thing the, the the people that you approached and the people that signed up like I cannot imagine any of them saying oh, I'm a little worried to be a part of this because it might alienate some guests you know we are we are in the district of Columbia and there and there are definitely people who who deal more uh, in terms of what they do uh, on a bipartisan level I'm like, you know mm-hmm. uh, I was um, general manager of smoke and barrel for a couple of years uh, we never once were approached by like young Republicans to do an event. We just weren't that type of space, you know. Mm-hmm. But there are people that that um, their business thrives on those dollars, and you know, <laughs> make whatever argument you want about whether they it's right. They should feel right taking them, depending, especially considering the current political climate. But uh, you know, their it's their livelihood, and at the end of the day, we didn't fault them for it. We were totally okay with it, and and you know, if you want to be that cautious, you can. Um, you know, and, and and some of these people are people we greatly uh, respect and love. So we just, you know, we sort of said we get it. I do have to say, it was it was pretty refreshing for me that I, I expected to be fielding like trolls all all week last week. Um, I I expected to just have my my inbox blown up. And I got... And the beer world is filled with trolls. No, the, the beer world is filled with perfectly normal, decent, upstanding, uh-huh. socially well-adjusted, you Very know, socially individuals. Who always use social media appropriately. Who uh-huh. always use social yeah. media appropriately, who, who would never, I mean, dream of having misogynistic, you know, label puns or some dumb shit like that. I mean, that is, that's like for the wine world, honestly. But, no, no. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I really expected that to, to get blown up last week. And I got... Um, one pre- very respectful email that I responded to. Uh, we got some Instagram comments to the guy who said "womp womp" to you know our initial you know piece. I see you. You're mm-hmm. an asshole. Um, they love "womp womp" now. They do love the "womp." They're womp. all prices right watchers. You know, but people were pretty respectful, and and you know we, like I said, we tried to come at it from a good faith kind of piece that 
we just have a problem with with seeing families separated and we're not wading into the the larger also a lot of the charities that we listed for Mm -hmm. potential donation um are people that do good work regardless of the current circumstances exactly you know one of the first things on the list was casa and if you're not familiar with casa uh i urge you to get involved uh in either you know their actions advocating for them or donating money to them because they're an excellent organization well we are going to take a quick break uh, and it sucks. Womp Womp is dead now. No one can ever use it again. That's that guy did that. Yeah, and 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 uh, Junior used Lit the other day, so Lit is off. off lit off is dead too. too. All right, let's have a moment of silence for Womp Womp and Lit. All okay. Music by Keto here on the break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Beer Me, recording live at the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. On full service radio, I am your host, Sarah Jane. I am joined today in the studio with Bill DeBon and Aaron Morrissey uh, from DCBeer.com and Hef, the founder of Hops, Helping Oppressed People Survive. We are discussing the recent event this past weekend of D.C. Brews Fights Back and its great success. Uh, during this, uh, have you've just been slowly cracking beers. You want to talk a little bit about these <laughs> real quick? Yeah, sure. I got a, uh, a couple of burials, um, which uh, uh, were, uh, what's the term? Muled, muled back from uh, North Carolina. Not a beer that's available in D.C. currently. And, uh, well, not a beer that's distributed to D.C. That's currently. right. That's For right. listeners who maybe aren't familiar with burial, I want to give them a little... Uh, yeah, elevator it's, a- pitch. it's Asheville, North Carolina, which if you, if you like beer, get yourself for god's sake to Asheville, north carolina as soon as humanly possible it's really just a incredibly cool town and uh it's you know there's almost as many breweries as there are bars you just walk down the street oh there's another brewery pop in and um and yeah and i had a couple friends request some burial beers so i brought back a case i feel like too if you if you haven't consciously had burial beer you've probably had Burial beer because they do they're like collaboration kings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know they just uh, they I was just out in Seattle and they had done some work with Holy Mountain out there. Uh, yeah, I mean, so you can you can get it, uh, you can you can try their wares, but definitely agree with Hef that you know Asheville's the place to be. Yeah, Asheville's cool. And then and then uh, we have a, a local favorite, one of my favorite breweries and favorite beers is, is Beasley, uh, which uh, for those who are not familiar as Brewers Art in Baltimore, a now 22-year-old brewery, which is, they, they've always made fantastic beer, and they have a really cool sort of dual concept on the property where you can have a, a fine dining meal upstairs, which is expertly paired tableside with their beers, or you can go downstairs, which is, if you're a fan of dark bars, and I am, uh, it's like phenomenally... Cavernous. Cavernous yes. is the best way. It's just yeah. it's it, it has the it has the most relaxing feel to it because because of the ambiance and uh, and their beers are fantastic and Beasley is a is a uh, Belgian strong pale which I really enjoy. Yeah, and especially for those of you in DC, if you don't 
you know, if you haven't just gone up to Baltimore and done a beer weekend, uh, it's really easy and it's so worth it. You know, it's a Mark train away. It's 45 minutes. It's like, I think seven bucks. It's just a great town to go and Brewers Art. Uh, there was a piece uh, that was making the rounds, um, earlier uh, maybe like about a month ago just seeing the praises of brewers art and i just wholeheartedly agree with that i mean it's been basically an institution as i've mentioned 22 years and really great people great bar great food and just really yeah the owners are some of the best people in the business some of the some of the nicest and and most just you know informed uh people that you really can learn a lot from as well if you're if you're really into beer uh, so I highly, highly recommend as well. And uh, Union, there. Union's got their new location, their new facility open Union up. Union just opened running, the right? collective. Yeah. That's right. Yep. Yeah. I yeah. think the official uh, grand opening party is like July 28th. Yeah. Union Old Pro unofficially sponsored my summer last year. <laughs> I think they, I think they probably sponsored, unofficially sponsored a lot of people's summers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's great. It's funny. This beer, Beasley, I see it all the time in every time I go shopping for beer. It's, it's all over the city. It's one of those beers that's like, oh, I've, I've had that a million times. And then, like, you just crack it right now. I was like, oh, I forgot how awesome this is. Yeah, it's so good when it hits your lips. I feel that way about their Birdhouse, too. I mean, while we're, oh, Bird while House. we're singing the phrases of different brewers yeah. art beers. Birdhouse and, and Beasley are two that are pretty consistently always in my fridge. All right, we'll definitely check it out. So um, as we're kind of diving back into, you know, getting into the political world a little bit as uh, beer people and then also getting more, uh, you know, breweries and and bars and stuff like that involved, uh, uh, I want to talk a little bit, back up a little bit. We dove right into this specific event, but uh, Hops... Uh, the organization that you founded has done a lot of other events. And can you kind of walk the listeners through, you know, what you're all about? Sure. Um, so I spent 10 years in the hospitality industry. And um, upon leaving, one of the things that uh, occurred to me as I, you know, was looking for a way to be uh, involved in something for the greater good was that the the retail equation of selling beer um, generally multiplies its value by five. So coming from the industry, both hospitality and having sold beer at the street level for five years, I, I realized that if I could, um, you know, access the goodwill of my compatriots and, and, uh, and get the beer either for free or at cost, I could then multiply its value by five and, and then give that to uh, some cause. So we started with uh, IPA Insanity, and obviously I called on my, my, uh, my former haunt at Smoke and Barrel to host that. We've now done two rounds of that, raised almost $10,000 for um, IRC, International Rescue Committee, which is, which is the, um, you know, sort of refugees were sort of the first wave of attack um, when, when, uh, the new political regime uh, uh, came in, and, and they were the target initially. And and so, you know, we looked for an organization that was both um, a religious, because it's like we talked about earlier about attempting to be apolitical. A lot of refugee resettlement is is done um, via religious organizations. So mm-hmm. we didn't we didn't want people, especially because I was asking a lot of line level people. I was I was asking like reps to make the donations and. Yeah. You know, and having been on the receiving end of those requests, you have to evaluate whether or not that donation is going to get you in trouble in some way with your bosses. So 
uh, I wanted to keep it as neutral as possible. Um, and uh, IRC also uh, has a local chapter which uh, resettles uh, um, refugee families here in the D.C. metro area. The, the, it's in uh, Silver Spring, the... Um, suburban resettlement division mm -hmm. so we could you know we could do good at, to at the time probably the most vulnerable global citizens um by accessing the value the, the 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 locked value of beer unlocking it for the for the sake of charity and then also helping at the local level and then uh so we've done two of those and then and then um the other big one that we've done so far is uh a, a disc golf tournament in maryland mm. um when I first started throwing uh, these ideas around with friends, one of the things that uh, came to light pretty quickly is that everyone's pretty sick of just like showing up at a bar for a, a beer event. Yeah. And what else do you know? Do beer people get into? And so, you know, one of the things uh, that came to mind was disc golf. And, and uh, to throw it back to Brewers Art, uh, it immediately uh, connected for me when somebody said that because Brewers Art has their own uh, charity tournament that they do every year during Baltimore Beer Week. So, with disc golf. Mm -hmm. And so, and so, yeah, it seemed like a great idea. It seemed like a good way to, to sort of uh, bring beer people together and something that is very commonly liked among beer people, but also that, uh, you know, could potentially access another community um, and give them an avenue for giving. And, uh, and that went incredibly well. I mean, we got a ton of donated beer and, and swag to give away and sell and auction and, um, Oliver Brewing Company, which is uh, which is another great brewery that you should go visit in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. um, they uh, they hosted us. They're uh, they also own Five and Dime uh, Ale House in uh, in Hamden, and so they were the host for the after party, which also raised a ton of money. It went really well. So, do you have anything kind of coming up that maybe our listeners could participate in? Well, uh, we're doing the disc golf tournament again. That'll be in, in early September. Okay, and. Um, you know, at the moment, there's nothing else on the calendar. Mm -hmm. Each one of these kind of consumes my life for two or three months. Yeah. Those uh, are hard things to execute, especially with a full-time job. So, all right. So, I'll encourage listeners to keep your eyes out for the Disc Golf Tournament in September. Yeah. And, and hit us up on the website. Uh, okay. It, you know, info at hopscharity.org. I, I did... Uh, there was something that I was... Uh, hoping to work in conjunction with a different organization on that fell through. Um, so I, you know, I would like to get one more done between either now and the disc golf tournament and now and the end of the year. So if you work for a nonprofit or you have an idea for an event, please hit us up and let us know. For sure. Uh, gentlemen of the world of DC beer, any, uh, exciting things coming up for you all this is your moment to plug i'm giving it right right here uh for us uh, dc beer week obviously is is huge mm -hmm. uh, that'll be uh the Last. 19th to the 25th of august this yeah. year and uh hoping to put together some events uh maybe some events for a good cause during that week but um as always our we'll have wall-to-wall -wall coverage of all the good stuff going on that week and even less sleep than I'm already getting these days. Sorry. You chose to have a kid, though, you that, know? That is true. <laughs> <laughs> being, true. Being a parent is tough. Being a parent in the beer industry is brutal. How, how so? How does this differ as somebody who is, is, is not a parent? How does it differ to have a kid in the beer industry versus kid normal? It's night. It's very, it's very night-dependent work. Mm -hmm. um, you know, especially, you know, if you're in a position like Bill and Aaron's where you're sort of ambassadors for the scene around the city, you know, people sort of expect to see you at things. Um, you got to show up even when you're sleepy. 
Well, and the thing is, you have to get up even if you've had too many beers the night before. <laughs> that's, the, that's the other side of that coin, right? It's your year up at six. There's not a lot of empathy from a from a one year old. There's, about, there's no snooze yeah. button. There is no snooze button on mm-hmm. the on the shrieking and the need for oatmeal in the morning. That's fair. That's fair. I'm the same way um, as the kid. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, thank you all for coming in. Thank you for having us. Uh, any parting advice for the listeners out there, aside from checking out Baltimore a little more? Uh, check out everything. Check out everything. Check out everything. Sh- your, yeah, your Hydrate. Local breweries. Yeah. Hydrate. Hydrate. It's right. too hot. Right okay. Now, yeah. Hydrate is good. I guess the. Uh, let me not get on a soapbox in your clothes here. Oh, here we go. No, no. Get on the soapbox. But if you are upset about things in the world, mm-hmm. take stock of the assets that you have to do something about it, right? It doesn't have to be some kind of major event. I really do believe that every little bit helps. I sent out an email to people that I would otherwise be emailing, and it turned into something that really, I think, is going to do a lot of good for a cause that is really tearing at me right now. Mm-hmm. So you have a lot of... People do have a lot of power. You just need to be... Thoughtful you about have no idea what how to own, leverage it. What your own cachet is. That's right. Until you ask. That's right. You know, right. And, and, and you can you can multiply it in any number of ways. Yeah. And and think about what are the things that you enjoy doing and how can you also leverage those things for good. You know, to to go out on a Saturday and try some, you know, beers from great the great craft um, bars and breweries that we have in DC and to know that, you know, a portion of, of you know, your funds are going to an important cause. There's nothing better. Yeah. Well, thank you again uh, for coming into the studio. Uh, this has been Beer Me on Full Service Radio, recording live at the Line Hotel. I am your host, Sarah Jane. We'll be back next week. Check out all our episodes anywhere you get your podcast. Thank you. Thank you.